Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're in season eight, and we have a very special guest here with us on this show. I'm really excited for him to be able to talk about his story, and we can learn a lot more about his life. His name is Paul Savage Jr. He's a graduate of St. Mary College of Louisiana in Shreveport, Louisiana. He's the president and CEO of a full-service integrated marketing agency, Savage Creative Solutions. His passion for helping small businesses has afforded him the opportunity to work with clients across the country and around the world, across a wide range of industries. Chemo Containment is Savage's first foray into the fiction genre and will be available worldwide, you guys, November 15th. And it is available for pre-save right now, you guys, if y'all want to support. And he had his debut memoir, Diary of a Testicular Cancer Survivor, which was published in June 2022. And I had the opportunity to read it. It's an amazing book, you guys. So please check it out and pick it up for sure. It is a combination of blog posts from an online blog, Fight Like a Savage. He started when he first began his cancer journey. Paul is currently still in remission and will be considered cured in 2025. And we're so glad to have Mr. Paul Savage Jr. here with us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, this is an amazing opportunity. I love having especially local people on the show. And so, Paul, you've done a lot of great things thus far in your career. And so I'm just very excited and elated to have you here. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to share and chat with you a little bit. All right. So we're going to kind of go into some questions that I created for you. So let's just kind of go straight into your cancer diagnosis. Can you tell us more about testicular cancer and the symptoms related to that form of cancer? Sure. So mine started about a year before I was diagnosed, which was February of 2020. And uh, it started with kind of discomfort in my scrotum. It felt almost like a ball had twisted and wouldn't untwist, I guess is kind of the best way to describe it. And so in the beginning, I kind of chalked it up to sleeping up against the body pillow wrong or something like that, you know, and didn't really think anything of it until I was going to the restroom one day and could visibly see a mass uh, that was unusual and kind of odd shaped. And as soon as I felt it, I kind of knew something was wrong, but I had no idea what it what it could be. Cancer didn't even cross my mind at that time. I mean, I was 27. Most people don't think of younger people getting cancer, that being the number one thing. Um, so I went to the doctor and they kind of felt it, did some blood work tests, did an ultrasound. Um, the blood work all came back negative. The ultrasound came back negative for cancer. And so they were kind of thinking maybe it was cyst at that point. Um, I'll buy, it was larger than any cyst they had seen, they said, but they gave me some antibiotics and had me try that. And after a couple months or so, it was starting to cause me more and more discomfort and the mass was getting larger. And so I went back to the hospital and at that point, their recommendation was that I have what's called an orchiectomy or removal of a testicle. And um, that was a big step for me. <laughs> So I decided to go and get a second opinion. 
And after getting the second opinion from two other doctors, all three concurred that it was testicular cancer and that it should be taken out immediately. And so everything after that was kind of a blur because it all happened so fast. Um, But within a matter of days, I had an orchiectomy and they removed the mass and that testicle. And then uh, they wanted me to go ahead and start chemotherapy as well. And so I, shortly after I got that removed, we went and met with the oncologist. And within about a week after getting that removed, I was starting chemotherapy. And at that point, we got the results back from the mass that they had removed and found out that I actually had two types of testicular cancer. Um, so one was resistant to chemo and one wasn't. And because of that, they went ahead and had me start chemo to get rid of the one that um, could be removed with chemo. And so I went through three rounds of rigorous chemo that lasted about three months. And then after that, they did another ultrasound um, and realized that it had spread up into my abdomen. And part of that was the type that was resistant to chemo. And so I ended up going through what they call an RPLND surgery or a retroperineal lymph node dissection, which would leave a big scar from underneath my right armpit across to the center of my chest and then down my, uh, towards my stomach. And that was about a seven hour operation, but an operation that would ultimately leave me cancer free. And so that's, That's kind of the gist of it. Of course, it was a a lot more difficult because, of course, I was diagnosed right when the pandemic was starting. So a lot of times I wasn't able to have anybody with me or I was only allowed to have one family member or friend. So my parents and friends would kind of swap out, come into chemo sessions or appointments and that sort of thing. But ultimately, I I was in remission. And so that was what that was the word I was looking to hear. Absolutely. And Paul, one thing I loved about your book when I was reading it, and it just had me tearful, especially toward the end. Um, But just I remember when I was reading and just seeing how important it was for you to have both parents there and just how difficult, like you mentioned, doing COVID, especially in 2020 at that time, there wasn't a lot of knowledge um, that people had as far as what was really going on, how was COVID being spread. And so a lot of people were taking precautionary measures to just make sure that everyone was safe. But we just kind of forget, a lot of people will forget that there are people still struggling um, with with cancer, with diabetes, with high blood pressure, with being able to see a doctor regularly and how life kind of shifted. I know for myself, um, at that time, I was working at a residential facility. And so we had clients coming in from all over the world. And I just remember being so fearful because I had pre-existing condition myself. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, but then you also have to have that strength, like you say, fighting like a savage, you have to kind of believe that things are going to work out, and I remember reading in that part where both parents were allowed to to be there and support you the best they knew how, and I know that had to be hard for them to see you in that condition. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a, a helpless feeling for parents in a lot of respects, and even after talking to them after the fact, um, a lot of times parents kind of blame themselves or um, kind of feel like they should be in your position. And so that makes it really difficult for them to see you going through that. 
And then, of course, being immunocompromised myself after going through the chemo and having to quarantine myself to ensure that I got that surgery on time, I actually ended up getting COVID, I believe it's been three times now. So that was on top of going through all of that other stuff as well. <laughs> Man, I mean, that, that had to be really scary. Like you say, just going through that process of, first of all, being diagnosed with COVID and then just going through all of the symptoms. I don't know if you had a lot of the symptoms that most people struggled with, but I had a cousin who almost passed away from it because he literally had some of the worst symptoms possible at that time. And it was just one of the things I remember of just knowing that you can lose someone to this disease. And I lost a few friends who died from COVID, the results of it. And it's just something you just never forget, you know, where we were in that time and where we are now. And just kind of being very grateful for, you know, the experiences that we have now today in 2022, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I I was very thankful and blessed in that respect and that I, I had a lot stronger body than I knew I ever did. Um, I, I withstood the chemo pretty well. I had pretty mild side effects. Um, dehydration and nausea were kind of my, my biggest things. And they were, they were always expected about day 11 of each cycle. So I, I kind of had it down after that first one and knew kind of what to expect. But yeah, it was, it was a pretty scary time. Absolutely, Paul. But I just want to, I'm first of all grateful that everything worked out as related to that first. But I wanted just to to have a shout out to your family. And I want to dedicate, if we can, this episode to your family, because I know they mean so much to you. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Oh, no problem. All right. So I have another question for you. So can you tell me just about your company, Savage Creative Solutions, um, how it started for you and where you are now with your company? And what is one maybe initiative on your whiteboard that wasn't there maybe... Um, 30 days ago. Sure. So it kind of, I started it back when I was still in college. And um, as I was going through my course studies and that sort of thing, I realized very quickly that people were looking for experience and experience at that point was kind of difficult for me to get with the limited number of skills and um, resources that I had available to me at that point in my career. And so I started Savage Creative Solutions as a way to kind of offer up my services to some businesses who needed it and grow my skills and um, experience in the process. And so that's kind of how it started. And then I've been fortunate enough to continue to gain clients throughout the years. And even in career positions where it was a conflict of interest, I was able to just kind of pause and keep the clients that I had. And then I guess it was around... Well, it's been right about a year, actually. I left the Shreveport Chamber after coming back from being furloughed and, of course, going through that whole cancer journey. And it really kind of opened my eyes and realized that there's no time like the present. (laughs) And so about a year ago is when I took the leap and started doing Savage Creative Solutions full time. And so that was a really exciting Um, thing here recently was to be able to celebrate that one year anniversary of going full time. And then my client um, list has actually grown enough that I'm in the process of now looking to hire um, some freelance web designers and that sort of thing to join the team and take on some of the clients that I've been working with for so long. And 
and now having to relinquish a little bit, which has been um, a little difficult because, of course, I've done everything up until this point. And so having to hire my first employee is has been quite an experience. It's hard to let go to something that you've you've grown in years. Um, but I'm actually excited to be at that point to to be in a position to not only help grow my business, but ultimately help grow somebody else's skills in their career as well. Absolutely. I think, Paul, that's you. You made a huge point. It's the hardest thing when you're so used to doing things alone and by yourself and building it from the ground up. And I know with my show, I started in May of 2020. So 2020 was a big year for me as well. And I just remember like feeling like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to have a good time and just kind of talk about <laughs> mental health because that's what I know. And so later on, one of my coworkers, she was like, I want to be on the show too. I'm like, cool, I guess that's okay. And so we just had so much fun in the beginning. And that was actually the most fun I ever had was in the first year, I would say, like, just because I was just spewing out just, just any other was positivity, of course, but it was just like, what are we really talking about? But we're going to make it work. And so we had a great, great time. And then she told me one day, she's like, do you ever think you want to interview other people for the show? And I was like, no, nobody wants to be on Black Bandit. She's like, well, you never know. Just reach out to people. And so her name is Tangela Smith. We're still a great friends. And so she was like, hey, just reach out. And so one guy, Ashley, um, who was one of my first guests, Mr. Tony Ellis Martinez, and he was amazing. Like he had blown up on TikTok, did a lot of great things, but I just loved his story and getting to know him more than anything. We became great friends. And he was like, hey, you know, thank you for giving me an opportunity. I'm like, no, you really gave me confidence to reach out to others. And it just started to grow from there. So yeah, I think you're right. It's just about getting to know yourself, but also being aware of what do you want to gain, you know, in the process of this career. And so for me, I love this show because I get to talk to people from all over the world, but I also have the opportunity to help find myself in the process of these interviews and, and be able to admire you guys for your strength and things you've done in your careers. Absolutely. And I mean, to that point, it's kind of cancer itself in a weird way has opened up opportunities for me that I never thought were, were possible or would have thought about before either. I had dreamed of being an author and would write little short stories. And I still have a little treasure box of all my little stories that I wrote when I was little um, and different ideas that I would have. But I never had the confidence to take that leap to actually write or publish or that sort of thing. And so it was publishing those entries and publishing that first book that gave me the confidence to say, hey, okay, maybe I can do this. And then that's what led to taking the idea for chemo containment and turning it into the book that's about to be released. And so ultimately it's opened up this entirely different career that I wanted, but never saw coming at the same time. <laughs> I, I do believe in just divine intervention and things happening and people being placed in your life for the right time and the right season for the right reasons. And so my mom always would say your gift will make room for you and there's things that you'll be able to do and you just have to just have faith and believe it. And I've just received a lot of positive, constructive feedback and stuff I can use as not only just an author myself and, and doing the show, but as a counselor, I feel like you get to see people for who they are and their experiences, but you also get to to love yourself that you were given this opportunity. And it's, it's a, a huge responsibility 
when you have other people who are looking to you or looking toward confidence and self-esteem through your experiences. And so I think, Paul, one thing you're going to do for so many, especially younger people, they're going to be more aware of what's going on with their mind and their body and their spirit, but they're also going to see how strong you are and that you were able to kind of take this and be able to be in control of the narrative instead of allowing cancer to control you. Sure. And that was kind of something that I really set out to do from the beginning, particularly with the blog posts and kind of my social media presence. But what would ultimately become the book as well was to show both the difficult times and the good times, Um, because I wanted people to know that even while I was going through this and would keep a smile on my face and felt extremely blessed to, to have minimal side effects and everything, there still were some bad days and there still was a major surgery that I had to overcome. Um, but ultimately, all of those were used for good. But I wanted to make sure that people saw both sides of that coin as well. Yes. And so that's why I love that you were able to document it the way you were, because it just gave you it's a good timeline. But it also just allows you to go back and say, oh, I went through this and I survived it. And not everyone, unfortunately, will survive um, as it relates to cancer diagnoses. And so I'm glad, first of all, they caught it at a certain time where they were able to work through it and you were able to do your own self-check, but that you're still here. So we're so glad to hear how great things have been going. And hopefully, you know, we're going to keep our fingers crossed, praying, you stay in remission and things keep going well for sure. Absolutely. (laughs) So Paul, let's kind of talk about chemo containment. Can you kind of tell our listeners about, first of all, the title of the book? Where did you come up with that idea? And are you really excited? I know it's getting ready to come up very soon. I'm excited for you. Tell us about just the kind of what you're going through emotionally with this new book. Yeah, so I'm absolutely thrilled to finally be able to share it with everybody. The, when I first started chemo, um, first of all, being in a hospital even was really very new to me. I, I had been to the doctor occasionally, but I wasn't somebody who would go to the doctor consistently. And so I went from hardly ever going to the doctor to like being in a doctor's office every day. And so the very first time I had chemo, of course, they bring out the drugs in these little bags with all these warning labels over it. And an extra nurse has to come in and you have to state your name and your birthday out loud. The other nurse has to read it and look over it and they both confirm it and sign it. And then they started administering the drug. And so there was both this kind of fear and fascination, if you will, with my chemo regimen of, wow, this is a really powerful thing they're giving me. They have to go through all of these different things. And I'm just trusting that what they are doing is for the better. And so I guess kind of humorously, while I was going through that experience, I came up with the idea of chemo containment and this idea of what if what I was being given wasn't necessarily for the good? Or what if it was tampered by somebody who didn't mean for it to be good? Um, And so that's kind of how the story came about. Um, The main character, Brady Trammell, is loosely based on a lot of my experiences that I went through during cancer. Um, But ultimately, he realizes that he has a newfound ability, the ability to control electricity, that came about after he was uh, given chemo for his treatment of testicular cancer. And he ultimately has several people who are following him and interested in that ability and what that could mean for us, particularly as we're moving into kind of this electric era, if you will. Um, And so he ultimately realizes that there's an expensive price for living in it 
kind of plays on the other side of things of what life could be like if you survive, but it's not as good as you had hoped. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> that is really cool. That's a cool concept. And I feel like people are going to be able to connect to that in a different way. Because I always say when you have certain elements or differences that that can be like your superpower, that it's something different that makes you unique and makes you stand out. And so I, I can't wait, of course. I will be buying it and supporting, because I love to support not only just other local artists, but just supporting people who I know are doing great things. And so this is going to be great for especially younger and older audiences to be able to read and just kind of go into that kind of fantasy world just for a moment and have a good time to learn more about cancer, but then also just in a fun, different type of way. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I I wanted to kind of play on too, was making sure that it it catered to a large audience. So the reading level for it, I actually had that tested and was looking at it the other day. It's about an eighth grade reading level. So it's perfect for kind of late middle school or high school young adults. But I also ensured that the font wasn't quite as small as it is in a lot of fiction books um, so that my parents and a lot of the um, older generation who have supported me throughout this entire journey as well can also connect and experience this story that kind of started at the beginning of my journey and is now culminating with the publication of this book. There we go. I love that. And I feel like that's going to help so many. It's going to help you, especially with having a broader audience for sure. Now, I do want to talk about something that you started, which is the Shreveport Secrets um, webpage. And I do follow that, of course, on Facebook. If y'all haven't followed it, please follow. (laughs) This is important, especially our local Um, Louisiana um, people, please follow this, please. All right, next part on this one is, what would you say motivated you to create this page? And then can you tell us what has been one of your favorite restaurants that you visited or tourist attractions that people, if they want to learn more about the city of Shreveport, that they can actually follow? Sure. So it, it started around, I guess it would have been, let's see, would have probably been about 2018, 2019-ish. And it came out of this feeling that I believe Shreveport has so much to offer and has so many opportunities here that even similar cities of our size don't have. Um, And with half the traffic and other things like that that they might experience in that area. So I created Shreveport Secrets as a means of just sharing positive news because I felt like there were so many positive things happening, but they didn't exactly get the coverage that that they deserved. And so it came out of what I felt was a need to promote the positive news and discover some of the hidden things that our city had to offer um, that people might not know about. And as far as one of my favorite restaurants, I would probably have to say the new uh, General's Bar and Grill. It's with a J. And it's in downtown Shreveport in the Red River District, right across from where uh, Nikki's Mexican Restaurant used to be down there. And they have some of the best food. And it's it's right there next to a lot of the nightlife, the casinos, Phoenix. Um, so it's a great place to go and get some amazing food, but also experience downtown Shreveport in the process. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm originally from New Orleans, so I know about the little small places, hole-in-the-wall places that have a good time and (laughs) eat, and 
I think it's great to kind of promote, as you said, sometimes on the news, we just see negativity a lot of the time. And so having a platform where people can actually enjoy the city and, and the different attractions and things that they have or different events that are coming up, I think it's great to have that as a platform. And I think it's amazing. I love it. So just keep doing it for sure. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So let's kind of go into things that give you hope. Can you tell us one thing that gives you hope today in 2022? And if you could use one word to best describe this year, what word would you use? Hmm, that's a good one. Um, I would probably say process. And what I mean by that is, everything moves so fast during particularly the cancer portion of my journey that I didn't even really have time to think or process what was going on. But what I did do was just trust the process and trust that what they were giving me was going to work and it was all going to work out. And that same mentality played through to when I came back and got off furloughed and then eventually left the chamber and started my own business. I've always just trusted the process and trusted that what I was doing um, was the right thing and pray that the Lord guided my steps in that journey and just trust the direction that I felt led in. And I think that kind of goes back to your book. I know you had mentioned about your fears related to your job. I, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to go back in my head, but I remember you mentioning um, just having that fear of will they fire me? Will I be able to stay on the job? Or, you know, what does this mean now having this diagnosis and being emotional about that? Because Unfortunately, especially in the job market, those things can happen and they don't have to give you that being a reason, but that can be a major stressor of like, what does my life look like? And especially in 2020 at that time, a lot of people were struggling with just keeping jobs and, and dealing with depression and anxiety and, you know, grief. And so I think that is great that I love to see where you are now and how you're still persevering. When I think of you, I think of courage and perseverance because it takes a lot to talk about it, you know, and you're doing a great job of spreading light about something that many people are unaware of, but they can get to know more about you and your story through your books and through you talking about it on shows like this and expressing. Sure. And so I guess one of the major important points about that was I had only been in that job for less than three months. And so Typically, you would have to work somewhere at least 90 days before you could even kind of think about requesting time off or that sort of thing. So that was one of my biggest fears was I haven't even been here 90 days and I've got to go in and ask the president if I can take time off for something I don't even know what it is at that point, um, but that I didn't feel was right. And so thankfully, the the president was a male where I worked at. So that conversation was a little bit easier in that respect, but it was still difficult to go in there and talk about a private health matter like that, especially something of that nature. Um, and then to ask for time off when you've only been there a short period of time. But I will say in that respect as well, that COVID while difficult and challenging in many respects was also very helpful in the fact that, I ended up getting furloughed, of course, during that time. But that time period for me was when I was just starting chemo and going through my surgery. So I was able to really focus on my healing and my recovery 
and not have to worry about where that paycheck was going to come from or about my employment while I was going through those health issues. You're right about that. And I think that played a huge role because we all know with stress, if you're allowing stress to take over your body, it definitely can affect the healing process. And, and I'm so grateful that you had that opportunity to kind of make it on the other side of it. Like I said earlier, that can be the most difficult thing when you're looking at death being an option. I think people just forget that. We just start living and we forget about, you know, how we actually want to see our lives, things we saw for ourselves in the next 15, 20 years. And when you get received news, it's like, what do I do with this information? So it's kind of like processing it physically, but emotionally, yeah. it's like, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I have a question, Paul, I ask all of my guests. And so this one is, if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, I want you to choose a specific age. What would you say to little Paul? Hmm. I would probably pick like 23 or 24 right as I was getting out of college. And my advice would be the same that I've kind of lived by now, and that's trust the process. I remember getting out of college and not knowing where I was going to jump into the career field at or where I was going to end up. And I was blessed to actually get a job at KSLA News Channel 12 right out of college. And everything from that moment seems like it led to where I am today. And so that's kind of, some of that's explained in the book. Um, But so I left, or at KSLA, I had the opportunity to go to the marketing side and get to learn more about that at the station. That's why I eventually fell in love with marketing. Uh, Transitioned from there then to an advertising agency where I learned kind of the business side of things and um, grew my skill set there. And then I transitioned to the chamber, working as the director of marketing, communications, and public relations. And so that really um, allowed me to meet a lot more of the community leaders and the movers and shakers of our community. And that's ultimately what then gave me the confidence to go full-time into Savage Creative Solutions. And so that uncertainty back then that made me so nervous was really part of the entire plan all along. And if I would have just trusted the process, it would have been a lot less stressful (laughs) than what I made it out to be going through it that entire time. I think you made a huge point. And sometimes it's trusting ourselves to in the process. I think that can be the hardest component is you you know who you are, you know what you stand for, you know what you want, and you have the creativity and the know-how. It's sometimes like, does it all make sense now? And do I take a leap of faith to do it now? And so this is kind of where a lot of times that spiritual component for some people really takes full um, and centered in their lives. Like, do I choose to, to go 100% into this or do is there a part of me that says that I'm not ready yet? And sometimes that can be our own fear speaking for ourselves versus what we actually have on the other side of it, which is our faith and our belief. And so I'm just very proud, like I said, to know you, to have you on the show. And before we end, I wanted you to let our listeners know where can they find you online? And can you also tell them like what's next for you if you have anything big coming up very soon? 
Yeah, so uh, I am on Facebook and Instagram. The name is author Paul Savage Jr. And then if they're interested in learning more about the upcoming book, they can visit www.chemocontainment.com. That comes out on November 15th. And it's currently available for pre-sale on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but will also be coming to uh, Walmart and Target.com here very shortly. And as far as upcoming things, um, as I was writing Chemo Containment, what I thought was one simple idea has evolved a bit past that as I really kind of went into that journey in that world and thought about what would actually happen if somebody had that ability and only one person had it. And so Chemo Containment has actually become a trilogy called the Containment Series. And so I'm in the process now of working on book two and three of the Containment Series. And so the next uh, sequel will be coming in spring of 2023. And so that's kind of my next big exciting project right now. Well, I'm first of all excited and honored that I was able to get that exclusive because I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So I would definitely be supporting, like I, like I mentioned, I wanted to you win and do great things. And I feel like it's important for people, for us, we need to start supporting each other a lot more, you guys out there and for our younger listeners, you know, paying it forward and just being aware of the emotions that we have and being able to express it in our own authentic way is just it's just the right way to be in my opinion just to kind of be able to be yourself talk about things work through your your concerns issues and have a strong support network around you and from what paul has mentioned and especially in his book having that family dynamic has really helped to center him and to give him the confidence to keep pushing toward his dreams and aspirations and so we're just so grateful to have you here Absolutely. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. So, Paul, I would love to have you back in the future. I have a new podcast I just started with a good friend of mine, Dorian, and we started, it's called Embracing Your Love Marks. And so we talk a lot about self-help, our journeys in life, trauma-based issues that people have gone through. So if there's any time in the future, and maybe we can get you to plug the next book when it's getting close to that time we would love to have you on to kind of share more of your story and where you are and give us an update on how life has changed yeah absolutely i'd love to paul well i hope you have a great rest of your day and we'll talk soon all right you as well Oh, my God.